Say hey, y'all. It's Amber Sheree. It's And it's the Inner Circle Podcast. Circle Podcast. Hey, y'all. It's Amber Sheree. And Taylor Breeze here. And this is the Inner Circle Podcast. Welcome, guys. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. <laughs> I always try to have, like, some type of excitement, but then I also have to translate, like, you know, how loud our voices may be to them, like, in the mm-hmm. car or something, you know? Don't you hate when a podcast, like, blasts your ears off? Yeah. 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 <laughs> But it's also hard because you don't you don't you don't know that that actually happened until like you're record you're editing it or someone else is editing it. Like I wish, well maybe they do have it. Uh, maybe we just need to fig figure out what software would be best. But they have like the pitches and like yeah the yellow and the greens yeah. and the reds and yeah, yeah. And to figure out like can this person actually hear you? Are you being yeah. loud? Are you not being loud enough? So yeah, this is what y'all get. Listen. <laughs> yeah it's hopefully you didn't just hear me opening a bottle so no I didn't. <laughs> yeah so, how's your week my week has been going well um the cool thing about so we're recording a little bit later than usual which it, it's no big deal at all um to me anyways um I it gave me some time to you know have things happen so a lot of good things happening right now. Um, lots of energy shifts. Um, not in, I mean, I know planetarily there's always shifts going on, but um, I mean in the sense of like, yeah, like my mood and overall outlook on things. I got to go to my first scientific conference. Nice. So that was nice. Um, I got to present and I was so like, nervous for it and like you can't really over prepare but like it was so chill it was during the wine and cheese section uh session and so um not a lot of people like really really cared (laughs) I mean like people cared about the project but it also wasn't like you know like drilling me for information Mm -hmm. um it was kind of just like a work in progress type of um, presentation and then like a lot of it was talking to other people about the methods and like how to move forward. So it was really cool. I really liked um, the experience. I went to Memphis, Tennessee. I like Tennessee, but I don't think I ever really need to go to Memphis again unless there's something <laughs> for me to do there. Um, like the conference was fine. Like if, if it was another conference, I would go, you know, but um yeah, I, we went to Beale Street. We got to go to a blues bar, but I just like, yeah, like there's not much to it. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't want to leave like too far places you don't really know that well and everything like that. So, yeah, long story short, um, I put on with me. Social life is thriving. It's full time summer, so, uh, or a full swing summer, should I say? Um, so yeah, everything's well over here. How are you doing? Good. I um came back from vacation last week. We took junior to d c and we had um a lot of fun. It was a lot of walking, a lot of like exploring the area. We went to tons of museums and memorials and different things like that and I've been coming back to home and trying to get my life and work back in order and kind of get organized. And I'm just going to be honest. I feel like I'm a little bit behind. I have a a running to-do list that continues to keep piling up. And for some reason, I don't know, like last weekend we had, um, we stayed home and we tried to like catch up with life and we got some new furniture in our house to replace all of the old trifling furniture that we bought when we were trying to be cheap uh, when we first bought our house. And um, just keeping your house together and upkeeping it is just a lot of work, but it's a blessing. So honestly, like I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, 
work is going good, busy, and I'm just trying to catch up. So for all those listeners out there, especially the ones that I'm close to, if I haven't called you back or sent you a text back, I know that's not like me. Uh, I'm going to get back to it. <laughs> it's coming. It's good that you are, you know, prioritizing and everything. They have a lot of stuff coming up and you have a lot of stuff on your plate like usual, plus more because like the days are shorter now, uh, <laughs> like quite literally. And also there's just a lot more going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, um, it's, it's going, it, the days are shorter, but I also, um, I was telling my leadership group this, I told them that I also don't want to give up my summer. Like I've given up my summers in these past couple of years, whether it's due to work, that's mainly what it's been due to work, like working my butt off, working on my off time, uh, trying to keep a hold of everything, working very late or very early over the summertime and not really spending a lot of time outside. And I told myself this year, like, no, I, I am going to embrace and take advantage of this weather in the summertime because as soon as we blink, it's going to be cold again. And so, but it's going to be my favorite season of the year, which is fall. Um, but I'm not ready for fall. I want summer. So uh, I think that's probably also a little bit of the distraction too, because I'm like, let me soak up all the sun. Let me take the walks. Let me do all the things for just like myself, but just just to enjoy the time, but also like mental, physical, spiritual, all the things like health. Um, but it is what it is. I'll I'll get back to the grind. So, well, I mean, I think it's good to take care of yourself. <laughs> true, true, true. You know, I'm not going to uh ever be a critic of you taking the time that your body needs so and mind got it so taylor what is the word of the week yeah so the word of the week is futility Mm. so um yeah it is a word that is not very commonly used um but it is a noun that means pointlessness or uselessness um the horror and futility of war um so i chose this word because it ties into one of the quotes that i had today or maybe i just not ties into it is used in one of the quotes that I have today from, you know, the topic that we'll be talking about from the book, um, which not to give it away, uh, we'll introduce the book a little bit later. But um, yeah, I I just thought it was important to define. But mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah, I don't have too much more to say about it. You don't have it. Well, I guess we'll know what it, how to utilize it in the sentence when you mention the quote later on. Well, I also I gave the sentence, um, the uh, the futility of war. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, kind of like yeah, yeah, like it's a lot of effort and rise with war right like there's a lot of different things that goes into it but like for what when the problems still persist and you know not to make this political but um yeah and so that's the word (laughs) futility um you'll hear it again in a sentence here soon (laughs) well do so taylor you kind of set us up for the book why don't you tell us what the book is called Y'all, yeah. I'm just rolling with the flow. She had a whole segment series or not series, but questions that she mm-hmm. put together. So tell us a little bit about the book. and yeah. yeah. So I'll introduce the book and then I'll kind of, um, you know, like you said, just roll with the flow. You got to trust me. Okay. Uh, so the book is called Into the Magic Shop, a neurosurgeon's quest to discover the mysteries of the brain and the secrets of the heart. And um, the author is James R. Doty. He is a neurosurgeon, as the title implies, and the book really details his childhood and some really profound situations that he uh, went through 
um, either as a neurosurgeon, but also like the the bulk of the book thus far, I'm about halfway through at this point, is about um, his meditation um, and uh, other mindfulness practices to getting to where he is now. And it starts off with him going to a shop after he loses, or a magic shop after he loses a prop in his magic kit and wants to simply replace it. And what ends up happening is um, he meets the shop owner's mother and she takes him through this spiritual quest really of finding his inner peace and his higher self really and none of this language is used within the book um I want to like make that really clear but also all of the things that are really being honed in on uh, of, of manifestation and um quieting your inner thoughts all of that is with the goal of becoming whoever you want to be, which I believe our quest in life is to become our high, highest version of ourselves. So um, I, I really enjoyed this book thus far. In the beginning, I was crying so much. Now I don't cry so much. It's just like really cool. Uh, well, because it, it's like in the beginning, as I said, it's about um, the secrets of the heart and like really detailing his childhood and I I personally identified and had a lot of empathy even like things that weren't like directly like a path like mine it also mirrored um or or resembled and I could have that level of empathy for him going through our dad and mom are you know not extreme in this way at all but um his dad was uh, uh, largely absent or inconsistently present because he was an alcoholic and his mother um, was uh, clinically depressed and um, actually committed suicide, well, attempted suicide a few times. And him going through this like turbulent home space and also feeling like he had to be uh, uh, this, the self regulating um component in his life because he wasn't his his environment was so chaotic that he early on at, I believe he was 12 years old um had to learn how to um have a level of emotional intelligence which I really just like it was so heavy in a lot of ways um but that's how it starts as they're going through the different techniques um they they learn like relaxation techniques the importance of having a mantra um how to sit and meditate um how to um quiet the inner voice in your head um i think he calls it the radio dj like narrating his life um and all of these techniques and practices are are really effective in getting you to the next phase because if you didn't have something criticizing everything you do what what would you become you know like if you didn't think you were capable of doing something most likely you wouldn't try um so with that being said one of the first things that um I'll call him Dr. Doty, gets into, or maybe it's Dottie, but it's D-O-T-Y, so I would think it's Dottie. It sounds like it's Dottie. It could probably go either way, like, but we're going to say it's Dottie for this, yeah. for this yeah. conversation. And I like the way that sounds. <laughs> so one of the first thing is, that he wants to figure out or starts to explore is where intelligence comes from. Hmm. So, when you think Amber about intelligence, what place in the body do you associate with intelligence? Automatically, the brain. But I know that that is like probably not the correct answer. But that's usually where I go. 
it's not, you know, I don't think there's a right answer, right? And that was something that we came along with. Um, and still, even with that being the case, like where our memories are stored, I still am not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, and I, I mean, there are, our brain are a network of synapses um which Mm -hmm. i for those who you know are not really familiar with that term a synapse is where two nerve ending meets Mm -hmm. and those nerves are uh transmit signals Mm -hmm. so that you are able to perform different actions Mm -hmm. however all those thoughts and memories are associated with certain parts of your brain like if you damage a certain part of your brain, you may not be able to recall long-term memories. And if you damage another part of your memory, you may not be able to create, or brain, you may not be able to create new memories. Mm-hmm. But where those memories and thoughts actually lie, it, it there is no right answer. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it, it there's thoughts of like the storage system and where they go. But mm-hmm. your body as a, a complex system of organs, it could, for all we know, it could live in your stomach. Like, yes. <laughs> with yeah. all that being said, like, you know, there's you, there's thoughts, right, of where uh, uh, lies. But um, to bring it back to one thing that Dr. Dottie said was um, in ancient uh, Egyptian civilizations, it was believed actually that intelligence came from the heart. Hmm. And so like the brain was thought of so little, um, you know, they just like threw it out and like preserved the heart, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting because I mean, our heart is without our heart, we can't live, but then without the signal from my brain, well, what's actually not true is we don't need the exact signal from my brain for our heart to start keep beating mm-hmm. our hearts actually have i think it's called the sa node um the sinus arterial node anyways um that like pumps send signals itself um and so it can pump without with minimal brain interaction not well but it is something that the the heart can do as well so sense because you when your heart pretty much collapses or doesn't work, like you're pretty much dead because then your heart can't push the blood for breathing. Think you know you can be brain dead and still be alive. Yes. So yeah. I agree with. It. I think I'm getting where you're going as far as the heart. Like your heart and you taking care of your heart is so much more important than. I don't know. I wouldn't say your brain. I feel like everybody part. Yeah. Well, because it's like life itself versus quality of life. Because yes, with your brain, there's a certain quality of life that you're able to have. Eating, talking, sleeping, uh, seeing, hearing, all that. Yeah. The processes of of keeping everything well integrated. But like your heart is without blood, without oxygen, you (laughs) start to decompose, which is sorry, that's that's how it goes. True. So um, long story short. That was something that I found really interesting and it also is very intuitive and I hate like in a lot of ways with westernized education while it puts us all on the same accord and we've came so far um, a lot of the eastern practices are lost and everything that I've talked about with the eastern practices of meditation and mantras and um, manifestation um, the we see how important those are, but then when we talk about intelligence, it's like, oh, they just said it came from the heart and they don't know what they're talking about. It comes from <laughs> the brain, you know? Um, yeah. So it's kind of interesting that we can take some parts and do the other, but I guess that's what um, assimilation is. And so, anyway, <laughs> uh, so another thing about that is um, 
the body or dr dottie says um well ruth says uh, you know whatever he wrote that ruth said um the body is full of signs of what's going on inside of us Mm-hmm. And so I know for myself when I am nervous or I have a lot of anxiety, um, I feel it in my chest mm-hmm. um, and my throat. Yeah. And sometimes in like my stomach as well and a little bit like lower as well. Like it's all like the midsection. And so I wonder... Um, Amber, for you, mm-hmm. I know you do therapy, so, uh, you know, share what you would like or omit what you would not, but mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, had, has your therapist ever asked you when you're like in moments of anxiousness, where do you feel it physically? Or if they haven't, have you identified that yourself? So I, I can answer both of them. Uh, yes, she has. Um, and one of the exercises that she has me do, it, 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 so I'll say this, this particular exercise is mainly around like having moments where something triggers a memory that is traumatic. And so she'll have me cross my hands across my, take my hands or my arms across my chest and pat my like shoulders or Mm. like upper arm area with my eyes closed and do it for maybe 30, 15, 20 seconds to kind of like help kind of cope and calm down those jitters or the, Mm. or that, that particular moment that's making me anxious or upset. But as far as me, like prior to that, or not even, just knowing myself and and I used to say this is a joke but it's not it's actually really serious as I've gotten older and thought about stress and how um, stress can literally kill you but whenever I had very stressful projects or different things at work I felt like I was under a heavy load of stress due to anything can even be personal related I noticed to see notice my body having more migraines was one of the things that I noticed. And then my, my nose would bleed and it would Mm -hmm. bleed profusely. Like it would bleed multiple times. And so spent years trying to figure that out. But ultimately when I learned how to control my stress is honestly, when I, when all of those things, um, I wouldn't say completely have gone away, but mainly have, they weren't as frequent. And so I notice myself when I tend to get anxious or stressed out, my body, I notice it in my body. I will, as I've gotten older, this didn't happen when I was younger, but I would break out in hives on my wrist, mm. uh, both wrists. And it just, it, and depending on how bad the stress level is, it goes all the way and like onto my arms. It's very, our hands, it's very strange. Um, Same thing with migraines, not so much nosebleeds anymore, but just knowing that my heart starts beating faster and that, and I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah. So that's, I've noticed how it's evolved as I've gotten older as an adult and with just education around like stress management and obviously talking about it, you know, and therapy for other reasons. I think it's really important for all of us to to be mindful of how our body feels. And you'll, you're going to talk about like self-regulation and all that other stuff yeah. in a little bit, but yeah. So I actually think now would be a really great time to talk about it. So one of the things, um, you know, that was a principle that was talked about in this book, but also very just, I think, prevalent in social media, uh, this like self-care, social media um, era that we're living in right now, is that 
when you are in those moments and you, like you said, one of the key things that I took away from what you said is that you feel like you can't breathe and you're not breathing. You're not breathing. Mm -hmm. That, that is a part of it. And so one of the techniques that were mentioned were um, taking a deep breath in, deep breath out, and trying to um, do those a few times to start to feel that weight off of your chest so that you're mm-hmm. then taking deep breath. You're, you're telling your body, wait, 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 we're not, we're not in a, we are stressed, right? But mm-hmm. here's how we can deal with it because we're you're starting to get in that fight or fight, fight, mm-hmm. fight or fight mode. Yep. And what happens in both of those modes is that you need um you start to like get into that uh like I'm trying panic. to think of uh the word. Uh what'd you say? I said panic. Yeah, panic, but uh, I was trying to think of the word for like um, when your respiratory system, you start to kind of pick up breathing faster and shallower. Mm-hmm. You're not doing a full expansion of breath and taking your time. Um, you're, it's almost like you're working out without mm-hmm. doing, without your heart needing to be working out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't need more blood flow. You're most of the time for us in our jobs, we're sitting. <laughs> so you're yeah. having more blood flow, but you're not really doing anything um, to use up that oxygen. And then you're not breathing as deep. And long story short, by taking long, deep breaths, it really helps regulate your system. Um, I want to say it's five in and seven out. I could be wrong. I didn't, I didn't, um, uh, look this up before the talk, but five seconds in seven seconds out. And that really helps regulate your body. It gives you the oxygen that you need and gets rid of all of that carbon dioxide that you're building up by not, um, fully respirating. So, that's that's one thing that I want to share with you all and something that was a part of this. And then also that was number one as the technique. Number two was learning how to relax your body. Um, so as you take those breaths in and out and start to feel your, your chest rise normally, you then start to relax your muscles. Um, I like to go from the ground up. Um, I go, I start with my feet, my arches, through my legs, my hips, and then all the way to my shoulders, jaw. And for me, my jaw is like number one of like where that tension is. So by the time the rest of my body's relaxed and I release that jaw, it's something like uh, the weight of the world is like <laughs> <laughs> lifted from me um, to the tip of your of my forehead, yeah, I got a big one, so I could feel all the <laughs> muscles in there. Um, so that's something I wanted to leave with you guys, and that was one of the techniques. Um, and so, um, uh, moving on. Um, so here comes the word of the week. So the next quote, um, uh, that Dr. Doty says is, "She taught me the pointlessness of wishing for a different past and the futility." of worrying about all of the frightening futures over which I had no control. Mm. And so um, I think a lot of times for me, like my anxiety obviously comes from worrying about the future. Sometimes it's really generalized. Like earlier today, I didn't really feel like I was worried about too much, but um, I don't know. I just felt really anxious. Um, But I I digress from that. But Mm -hmm. I think that... um, when when we get into these narratives of like our future have you amber identified something that helps you kind of like remove yourself from thinking about the future or what is what do you think about like where do your worries usually come from i guess um 
I'm trying to think that's a hard question. I'm not mm -hmm. saying I don't worry about things, but we've mentioned this before on the podcast. Um, right now I'm in a season of a little bit of a distraction, but normally my cadence is like focused. So I try, there are things like nothing happens that's perfect. And so when I'm trying to think about things for the future, for me, I always have like plan B, plan C, plan D, you know, so in case like this doesn't happen, then I have to problem solve and I have this as a backup. So like I'm always somewhat prepared. And so it, it kind of helps me understand that even though it's not going to be perfect and I'm I'm. I don't deal with perfectionism as a issue. I I'm, I'm far from perfect and I don't try to be, but I try to at least give it my best and get it done. Um and so that helps me understand like how to manage my future, but the one as I'm talking, one of the things I can think of that really kind of shook me when it comes to that control part that he mentioned in the quote was around my child. There's mm -hmm. nothing that I can do around my kid. Like I can I can control so much uh, to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, it's going to drive me crazy trying to control his environment or mm -hmm. control him. And then two, I don't really want that because I want him to be able to be the human that he wants to be. Um, with a little bit of shaping of discipline and structure to help him when he hopefully gets out of my house when he's an adult and becomes, you know, self-sufficient. But, um, you know, there are sometimes I do worry about him, you know, being a, a, a little boy that's in a predominantly Caucasian area and how he would be perceived right now. They think he's cute and he's lovable, but you know, that that kind of makes me nervous and there's nothing I can do about that. Um, but then also, too, I think one of the things that really kept me up at night when it came to that control part and that fear and that anxiousness and kind of just trying to figure out how to release that and let it go and know that there's nothing you can do is when there's all these, and I'm not trying to make it political, but like all these shootings and stuff with like daycares and schools and different things like that scares me like that I can literally drop my kid off in the morning and he not be there when I go get him like that's yeah. terrifying to me yeah um and he did nothing wrong you know like he was innocent just got caught up in someone's bad decision making yeah um and so that that terrifies me too and so I think overall when I'm thinking about those two examples when it comes to my son is safety yeah. Um. And I think that that is on the hearts of a lot of people, whether they have children or not, is safety. Yeah. Am I safe in my house? Am I safe to go outside of my house? You know, am I safe? And at, at the end of the day, the way that I'm able to kind of like release it and let it go and kind of like what he was, uh, he didn't really say this, but what you were kind of alluding to is that you just got to live your life like, Obviously, uh, you know, I am an imperfect, an imperfect Christian, but I do believe that there, once my number is called, like it is what it is. So I got to be able to leave whatever legacy, time, effort that I had that was given to me on this earth. If it's tomorrow, that that day is the day because of something that I can't control, I just got to let you know know it's in time and so that yeah. kind of helps me with that fear of the future and am I doing something wrong am I anxious am I you know the preparation but then also just like understanding that like it is what it is but it, it definitely took me years and I'm still working on it to kind of get to the point where you just let things go and you're just like you know it is what it is <laughs> yeah so I mean I, I think you bring up a really good point about parenting as I said with his parents they were a lot of it, it he wasn't so much worried about the world because with his parents he felt that you know that was where his source of chaos came from that's where that lack of um structure and 
really dependency mm-hmm. came from yeah. because they had been evicted before mm-hmm. they uh often fought he was the one who found his mother after her you know attempts and took her to the hospital and heard the nurses talking you know terribly about his mother right and so when i hear you kind of like it, it like as a parent who is really involved like you're taking on the worry like because children usually don't have the emotional capacity to mm-hmm. however one quote that like really stuck out to me was after his dad had um came home from some days being gone from one of his binges mm-hmm. um he you know you never know how they're going to come home if they come home hungover and sad about life or if they come home angry and ready to fight which was something that would happen but um as she started as the mother started to address the father an argument occurred and um you know they found out or should I say uh James found out it's Dr. Doty as a child, I'll call him James, um, that they were up for being evicted again. And he was not really angry or upset in the moment. He says that he just kind of accepted the situation. And and this was after some of those mantras that we had went through of like self-regulation and um, being able to, uh, you know, accept things for what they are and because at this time he's 12 and he doesn't have a job so it's really out of his control and Mm -hmm. so um you know at that time as he like walked past his parents his dad just said um you know it's going to be okay and he just said I love you um as in James and the dad and the mom said we love you too And he said, although I didn't think that it was going to be okay, or I didn't really know if things were going to be okay or not, I knew that they loved me the best they could. And that was far different from how I had hoped for so long that they would love me. Yet at that moment, it felt like enough. Mm. And so like, I think the the hard part is when you know things aren't right, but you have no control over them. Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of our worrying comes from. Um, and at the same time, these are basic needs. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about your child's safety. He's mm-hmm. talking about his place to live. like Which is um, also safety. Which is also safety, but mm-hmm. also the like humans, we we're not made to live outside. <laughs> <laughs> Our skin is very permeable. Like <laughs> God did not make us to live outside, <laughs> you know? Um, so yes, yeah, safety as well. Um, but it it's just interesting because and I didn't put this quote as one that I, you know, wanted to bring up in this conversation, but he alluded to, or I think said verbatim that more often than not, everyone's journeys are the same at the root of them. Although we all have our own stories, we're all more alike than we could ever really think that we are. Um, So not (laughs) junior is very well taken care of i know that for overly taken care of (laughs) i know that for a fact (laughs) Mm -hmm. but also i think as the parent taking on that worry for him is also something that it it's beautiful in the way because you kind of you know you had your life and um that you still have your life but like you've (laughs) had your own self to worry about and now you have the capacity to worry about someone else because I'm sure it's not only just junior I know you're a very empathetic person you worry about your husband you worry about me I'm sure not like worry about worry about but you know what I mean yeah so (laughs) are concerned with our safeties as well Mm -hmm. um but uh long story short 
I really, I really loved that in that moment where he oftentimes hated that, you know, he came from the family that he came from. But in that moment, even when the worst, his worst fear was coming up again, he just said, I love you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I loved him too. And a lot of times I think what we forget our our human our parents are very human Mm -hmm. and uh that it's not forgiveness but recognizing that they their plights Mm -hmm. may not indicate whether or not they love you or not (laughs) yeah so it's it's hard to separate because in that moment you're not getting your basic needs met but also it it provides that relief because it's something that we as children don't have control over our parents and that's just is what it is and the only Um, thing I will add when you're moving on to your next point is that I think sometimes when you are a child, depending on which way you take, whether you are upset with them, you're angry and all that, or that you're just like, you know, James, where you're just like, you know what? It is what it is. I think you tend to have a little bit more reflection on it when you become an adult and you are in the same position as them. Or even if you don't have children, you just become an adult and you mature and you have surpassed that age that they were when you were dealing with whatever thoughts and feelings. And you're just like, hmm, okay. Well, you know, you tend to be a little bit more empathetic or or it could raise questions of like, wow, I thought that was completely normal, but that actually is not okay. You know, and then you have yeah. to do that self-work and you have to dig in more and you have to really dig deep inside and do your forgiveness so the last two quotes i i'll kind of throw them try to figure out how to marry them together mm-hmm. um so one of the things that was really important um for this journey of self understanding and, and emotional maturity really was that um he had to think about the things that were painful for him. That was oftentimes what came to mind in a lot of his meditations and um, trying to quiet that inner critic came from his troubled home. Um, And so one thing that he said is that the painful things kept coming up. However, each time they came up, it became a little bit easier to deal with. They weren't so heavy every time. So we try to suppress those painful memories that we have. And that only contributes to their weight. It's literally compressing them. And if you know anything about compression, you're adding pressure and putting big things into a smaller container and so even though it looks smaller in size it's something that it's still the same instead of processing it when you bring things up and go through it you process them and then they actually do become lighter They, they almost like diffuse like they're still a part of you but at the same time it it becomes a little bit lighter and just like an essence rather than a weight um so that's that and then the second thing was the concept of heart rate variation in the autonomic uh nervous system so what this means um in the autonomic nervous system um this is something the autonomic automatic Um, think about it in that way and so there are certain things like talking which we are consciously making happen but there's things that we are not consciously making happen like our heart beating I don't have to think my heart beats I don't have to think 
about um, the other cellular processes that are going on throughout my body. They just go. And I think um, what heart rate variation is about is through certain um, stressful situations, our heart rate variation decreases. So when you're exercising, when you're nervous, when you're anxious, um, all of these things decrease your heart rate variation because your body is like, okay, we have to go, like we have to keep things normal and on schedule. So there's not any variation. Yeah. When you experience feelings of love, he talked about, and I'm sure this also includes orgasms, not like that, you know, anyways, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that your heart rate is actually very variable um and uh with that being the case it actually is better for your nervous system if you have that variation because it allows you to have certain processes of like relaxation rather than the um invariable heart rate when you're working out or under extreme stress, it actually can um, cause, it causes you to stay in that state of worry and anxiousness. And your body needs to relax to process things. And so in that um, space of anxiousness, you're not able to process those emotions. So when those painful things keep coming up, you you react to them you're triggered by them rather than allowing them to go and to dissipate into something that is a part of you however it's not controlling you in that moment um and oftentimes operating out of fears is something that is going to hinder you (laughs) from going forward um operating out of those painful narratives of you are not enough and you are not worthy of love because that is something that he was dealing with is is only going to really decrease your self-confidence and you can't do anything in life without self-confidence and greater yet self-efficacy self-efficacy is the proving your to yourself that you can do things that you are capable to yourself for no one else's benefit but your own and um i think that you know being in these states of uh variable heart rate allows you to get there a little bit um quicker because you can process your thoughts more fully agreed I completely agree, especially when you talked about um, processing and forgive, well, not forgiving, but processing it, letting it go. I know for me, like, I normally eat, not now, but I used to, like, normally just eat food, binge eat when I'm stressed, but, like, getting on the, getting on, on the bike or taking a walk is just, like, so much more healthier for you and kind of helps you kind of bring down that stress level and stuff like that. And then also to your point about the um, knowing that you like having that self-confidence and building it up from when you are a child and it like manifesting or taking whatever it is when you are an adult, whatever track it goes, I think it's so important. We did a privilege walk um, at work And one of the last questions on it is, did your parents ever tell you that you can do anything you set your mind to do? And to kind of see like the kids or or the colleagues or the interns or the whatever, the new employees like step forward or backward or et cetera. It's just interesting or just stay still. So it's definitely there's something to it on. Honestly, it just goes back to your childhood, but it's good to kind of understand what happened to reflect on it and to um, acknowledge it and take care of any issues from it because it can manifest or continue to impact those that are after you that you bring into this world, which is like you don't want to be a generational like issue. So, yeah, 
and I mean, I'll say this too. I have no children, hope to someday, but um, I think that the main thing about life in general is you will not go without struggles. That's just, unfortunately, the the turmoil of being a human. Um, but at the same time, I think that as a child, you know, there's all of these things weigh very heavily on a child who doesn't know how to process, you know, and as an adult, you have the fort, you have the mind, the intelligence, the mental processes. That's why your brain matures at 25, 27, depending on your sex. Like if you're a woman, it's usually earlier. If you're a man, it's later. A lot of that time is, uh, or a lot of the times, that's when you really start to come into being your own self. And that's when it's time for you to realize that Yes, your childhood has a lot to do with who you are now. And at the same time, you have a decision to play in the trajectory of your life. Um, you know, it's it's hard because there is a lot of privilege that comes with if you were in a place to get education. Um, if you were given the... Uh, if you were already given the um affirmation that you can do anything it may make you more likely to go after what you want right when at a younger age at 18 when most of us go to college but at the same time by the time you're 25 27 one it's not too late to go to college two it it's it's time for you to take control over your life and if you have a mental health disorder as well. I, it can be really hard and really daunting, but it is your responsibility to deal with. Nobody else can deal with it but you. And so <laughs> that is when things get, you know, really real. And I think that, um, you know, not to go too far left, um, we need to make resources a little bit more accessible my I and Davis it was really easy for me to get a therapist who was culturally competent and actually assigned to a cultural community um and usually they have to identify as the community that they were serving which was really cool um but here that was not the case and I did not you know unfortunately continue because of it, um, because I, I didn't identify or feel like, you know, I was going to get out of it what I wanted. So then I made an appointment to speak with another therapist. Three months is when <laughs> I can get in, three months later from when I called. Um, so that's wild to me. Um, it's not ex accessible everywhere. Um, and I think that's kind of a, a really big aspect of our um, community that is not, you know, well served. So anyways, thanks you all for listening. And I hope you enjoyed talking about this book. I am yet to finish. I've been reading it for about a month. So hopefully... I can get through it in the next month. It's definitely something that I, I intend to have as my summer project. So um, I like will share the book in the show notes too. Yeah. So I, I hope that you guys got something out of it. I know it's on Amazon. It was gifted to me by my good friend, Tara. Um, I say good friend, but she's like a soul friend. We've only been friends for a little bit, um, but yeah, she's like a soul friend, as you could tell by sending me this book. So, um, yeah, that that wraps it up for today's conversation. Awesome, Taylor. Well, I think there was yes. some some very uh, beefy and um, some logic, not logical next steps, but some good tangible things that we could take from not only the book, if you decide to read it, 
but then also even if you don't like just life skills of being able to become more emotionally intelligent but then also help your stress level so thank you for sharing that so Taylor what what is the tip of the week yes so the tip of the week actually comes from the book into the magic shop um so one of Ruth's assignment who is kind of like the spiritual guru some may say a shaman spiritual guide um she uh tasked James the young version of Dr. Doty to write down 10 things you want what do you want to create write down who you want to be and then um, one of her tips was that you can have anything by visualizing uh, by visualizing that it is already yours so in that regards by writing things down um, really being intentional about what you write down and and coming from a place of love and in your heart and your openness of like who do you want to be what what is your soul guiding you towards and how can you get there um I don't think that's really you know a part of this um for, uh, Ruth's tips but for me once I write down those two things, you know, you have to, you have, you have to get to work. All right. Sorry. 10 things. Then you have to get to work. Like things don't just come to you, but you do have to visualize them as yours. And then that, that sets the intentions in the world of calling that type of material thing, physical thing, um, spiritual thing to you. Because if you are, you know, operating in this way or thinking a certain way about you being something small and just like oh I want to be you know a a pea a fly on the wall uh, you're not going to act like the the elephant or (laughs) something that takes up a lot of space because you see yourself as a fly so you have to see yourself as the elephant to take up space because it's it's not going to just um you know it's not going to translate well a a fly in an elephant's body you know <laughs> uh it, it doesn't make sense it, it's it, i saw your face exactly it doesn't make sense um uh, <laughs> so long story short um take the time to write down 10 things that you want this is straight from the book this is part of Ruth's guide towards higher self um and and just be really intentional and and speak from your heart and let your desires be heard awesome yes oh cool I think uh go ahead we'll share also a little bit of we'll share that prompt in the show notes too that way as part of the self-care tips yeah 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 um Amber, tell us what's the tip of the week. So don't miss your moment of growth mm. or a chance to develop yourself. And so um I sit in a few ERG groups at work and I was given the opportunity to participate in a conference this week um on Tuesday. And it was it was awesome. And so I when I think back and reflect on me even being able to participate, I think it was just mainly like, okay, hey, this is a conference. I honestly never, I wasn't familiar with the particular group that was um, hosting the conference. And so I came in with no expectations, not low, but but none. I was just kind of like, you know, hey, everyone has talked about this so well that yeah. I'm going to just try to go in and just you know, learn. And so I left being so full and we were a little bit over time. So maybe we can talk about it in the next episode, but, um, it was just awesome. And so I am really grateful that I really was able to have the capacity that day to be able to pay attention and take some notes. And, and also since I did the virtual version of it, we, I can go back and listen to the replays and really, pour into myself as far as that growing but 
my tip for you guys is when you are given opportunities like this and you're just kind of like, sure, I don't know, like, yeah, I'll go or yeah, I'll raise my hand. Like you never know how much impact of that yes will have on you and your growth. And so it's kind of like that book from Shonda Rhimes, The Year of Yes, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of that mantra that I am slowly living right now. Um, but saying yes is also like saying yes with no strategic plan and not a lot of balance. It's just exhausting. Yeah. So that's another thing I'll tell you guys. If you are going to say yes, if you are going to raise your hand, if you are going to participate, make sure it's aligned with your values and what's important to you. And you can mm-hmm. see the benefit of it so that you are really taking advantage of the most precious thing that you have, which is, and you're protecting the most precious thing that you have, which is your time. You can't get mm-hmm. it back. And so that's my tip for you guys. Definitely don't miss the moment to take advantage of opportunities to help you grow and just make sure that you're open to, and you have the capacity to be poured into at that moment. Don't miss your chance. So yeah, that's so- awesome. Thank you for sharing and reminding us because, yeah, it's opportunities. They come and they go. So make sure you're, if you are ready, say yes. Absolutely. So Taylor, where can you find us? You can find us on Instagram at theinnercircle.podgals. You can also send us an email to theinnercircle.podgals at gmail.com. Awesome. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, follow, send a burn CD if we even have CD players anymore. I don't, I realize I don't even have a CD player in the house. Wow. I know grandma probably has that re- record um, like system that's in our living room underneath the TV. I don't know if it even like works if you plug it in. It probably don't. But, <laughs> but yes, uh, we really appreciate all of you guys' support and love and text and feedback it means a lot to us and so we can't wait to chat with you guys in a couple weeks have a blessed week y'all take good care